Welcome to the LHA Church Podcast. This is Jerry Galloway, and I'm the pastor of LHA Church. Thanks for joining us today. I pray this blesses you, strengthens your faith to know that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, we've been walking together through this passage. Looking at the declaration that God made to his people. Words that he spoke to King Solomon following the dedication of the temple. Words that were relevant then and words that are relevant today. Second Chronicles 7 and 14, if my people who are called by my name, the best thing that ever happened to you was the day that you took on his name. Ooh, Jesus. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I'll heal their land. We've looked at the passage in his call that if will be the people called by his name. But the passage continues with something that actually is the remainder part of this passage really rides on this next phrase. If my people will humble themselves. If my people will humble themselves. Humility is one of those traits that We can either choose, or at other times in our life, it's chosen for us. We have all had times in our life, and we have experienced things in our life that has humbled us. Life has its own ways of humbling us and reminding us that we are just human in every shape and every form. God makes the declaration, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. We've been waiting on God to do something. In this passage, he's waiting on us. We're always saying, God, when are you going to move? And I think God is saying, when are you going to move? It's not like God is just... You're wanting to hold things off for us. God wants to move every Sunday, every Monday, every Tuesday in our life. He's just waiting on us. Micah 6 and 8, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Romans 12 and 3, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, God wants to speak this word to our hearts today. We're putting up roadblocks, we're putting up barriers in our lives because of this issue. Humility, Sometimes we think there, there are individuals who are not forward people, and there are individuals who say, well, I'm really, you know, I'm not really anything. That is not humility. Humility is not the personality that you have. Humility is the character that you have. Back in that passage, Romans 12 and 3, For the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Let me ask you a question. Do you think of yourselves higher than you should? Do you think of yourselves higher than your neighbor? Jesus. Do you think of yourself higher than someone else who lives a life of sin that is different than something you would never do? Do you think higher of yourself than other people in denominations? Other denominations, well, I don't believe that way. Ours is the better way. Do we as churches and denominations think highly of ourselves more than others? Well, I'm better at what I do than they are. I take what I do more seriously than they do. I, 
I, I do a better job than they do. I'm better qualified than they do. Do not think of yourselves. One of the things that happened in the garden, when Adam and Eve sinned, the Bible says the eyes of both of them were opened and they came to a realization of themselves. It says they realized they were naked. They came into a realization of themselves and since that time we have been engulfed in ourselves. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Even the person who's made, uh, I'm just going to be uh, down in where we all live. Even the person's made dumb decisions that you would never make. Even the person who does life differently than you would do. They, they act differently. They dress differently. They talk differently. They do not think of yourselves more highly than you want. But rather think of yourself with sober judgment. What does that mean? If it weren't for the grace, I wouldn't be here today either. We may have been in the church for 20 years, but, but for the grace of God, so there go I. But rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. James 4 and 10. Humble. Notice this. This is an action scripture. Humble yourselves before the Lord and He will lift you up. We spend much of our time in this life trying to lift ourselves up. You're better off letting God lift you up. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will lift you up. 1 Peter 5, verses 5 and 6. For those of you who are younger, you know, there's always somebody younger. If you're 80, there's always somebody that's older than you, too. In the same way you who are younger, notice this, submit yourselves to your elders. Boy, that's not, we don't talk about that much today, do we? Submit yourselves to your elders. You know, one of the things I found in life is the older that I got, the more I realized my father knew. I'm sure most of you all had the idea one time your parents had no idea what you were going through. Kind of like they were never young either. That they've just always been old. <laughs> Submit yourselves to your elders. Notice this. All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. Man, the word is strong, isn't it? Wow, no wonder the word says about itself, it judges the thoughts and the intents. So one translation says the motives of our heart. Clothe yourself with humidity, with humility. It's just like putting on a coat. You know, right now, uh, it, it's getting cold outside. And I, I'm still wanting to, I told him in the office, I guess I'm going to have to start dressing like it's wintertime. I, I still want to wear t-shirts and, and I'm freezing all the time, you know, and I don't want to wear a coat. I'm freezing all the time. It's because I'm not prepared. And the Bible says, clothe yourself, just like you'd put on a, a coat, just like you'd put on a sweater, clothe yourself with what? Humility. Wear it. Wear humility like a garment. Wow. Notice these words. Do not uh, uh, overlook any of these. All, all of you, from the pulpit to the guys in the sound booth, to the folks on this side, to the folks over here in the cheap seats. <laughs> Wherever you're at in life, all of us, all of us, Clothe yourself with humility. Notice this. 
towards one another. Because he's giving a reason here. He's not, anything God does, he does on purpose. God is out for your betterment. Everything God does is to bring about good. Romans says it. He is working all things together for the what? The good. Everything God does, every action is to bring about the good. He says, humble yourselves, live in humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. I, I'm not asking for a show of hands. How many times in our life have we looked at someone else and thought higher of ourselves than we ought to think? How many times have we thought, well, I would never do something that stupid. I would never do anything that. I can't believe they would do. What is wrong with them? Humble yourself. Show humility to one another. This is a strong phrase right here because God will oppose you if you're proud. I have seen people be prideful about their humility. Yes. Notice these words. God will oppose you. Even if I attend church every week, yes. Even if I pray 10 times a day, yes. Even if I've memorized every word in the Bible, yes. Because God opposes the proud. You see, pride has to do with my heart. Pride has to do with my heart. Probably one of the greatest, you know, we live in a very blessed nation today. We, we have my Lord, we have and we have and we have and we have and we've been given and we've been given and we've been given. And isn't it easy then to get prideful? To get prideful. To get prideful. God will oppose you. God will oppose me. Notice these words. Humble yourselves, again, here we find that phrase. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the God's mighty hand, that He may lift you up in due time. This character trait is to be found in us. It is a prerequisite for the remaining part of God's declaration. If we don't humble ourselves, we'll not pray. If we don't humble ourselves, we won't call upon Him. If we don't humble ourselves, we'll never seek His face, and we surely will never turn from our wicked ways until we've humbled ourselves. Humble, by definition, means to lower in dignity or importance. Paul and I have often laughed. There's a line in a Star Wars movie, and one of the guys says, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a pretty big deal. You know, sometimes we're not brave enough to say it on the outside, but internally we say to ourselves, I don't know if you know this, self, you're a pretty big deal. <laughs> you and I will be better if we choose to humble ourselves instead of God humbling us. You see, the humble spirit says this, I am dependent on God. There's some notes that I jotted down, and I don't want to just glaze over them because, and I, and I don't say them as just a, a religious saying. I say them because it's true. The spirit of humility says, I can't do this thing without him. I just can't. If, if he lifts his hand from me, I will not make it. If he doesn't provide for me, I'll have nothing. We can have the most lucrative job and the most money we can imagine and have absolutely nothing. 
If he doesn't walk with me, I'll fail. A writer penned the words well when he wrote the words, Without him, I would be nothing. Without him, I'd surely fail. Without him, I would be drifting like a ship without a sail. No direction, no hope, no future. We spent the last 30 days in gratitude, and as we've been reminded of the faithfulness of our God, may we never forget all the good things He does for us. And I will tell you this, a spirit of humility always creates the attitude of gratitude. My dependency on Him reminds me that He's my provider. I don't have anything in this life that He hasn't given me. Nothing. The food on my table comes from the hand of the Lord. The bed I sleep on at night comes to me because He gives His beloved rest. I have strength to make it from day to day because His mercies have been fresh and new every morning to me. I'm taken care of because the Lord is my shepherd and I am not in want. I have an automobile today to ride in because he's good to me. I have a roof over my head because he has enabled me to earn a living and provide for my family. I have clothes on my back because every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father above. I have heat in my house today because the Father provides all that I need. I have salvation and the redemption of sin because of His amazing love for me. I've been shown abundant, and I underscore abundant, I've been shown abundant patience because of the power of His amazing grace and mercy to me. I have direction in my life because His word is a lamp unto my feet and a light from my path. I am with, not without ability for the task that He has given me because He has given me the Holy Spirit to comfort me, empower me, guide me, lead me, and instruct me. You and I as children of God, the people who are called by His name, have everything we need and we are going to make it through every trial, every test, and every season because 2 Peter 1 and 3 says His divine power has given us everything. Say everything with me. He has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. How did you get it? God gave it to me. That's not, listen, that's not just, that's not, oh, you're, you're, you're so much more spiritual than I am. That's just true. Listen, God has given even the unrighteous today have houses to live in and food in their belly because of God. It's not like we came up with some great idea. He created it all. Psalm 28 and 7, the Lord is my strength and my shield. I trust Him with all of my heart. He helps me and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out into songs of thanksgiving. That's what happens when we are humble in heart. Humility comes... When I remember that not only is he my provider, he's my sustainer. I love this passage, Jude 1 and 24. Now unto him who's able to keep you. He's able to keep you from stumbling. He's able to keep you and to present you before his glorious presence without fault. Man, there's a lot there right there. And with great joy. He's my sustainer. Hmm. I'm not going out of this thing. I'm going up. I'm not coming to the end of this spiritual fight with a bitter disposition. But the scripture says I'm going out with great joy. I'm not going to be the victim. I'm going to be the victor because of Jesus' name. I'm not going to be bitter 
I'm going to be better because of all that Jesus has done in my life. The old song says he gets sweeter and sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Why is that? He's my sustainer. He keeps me. He strengthens me. He empowers me. He heals me. He restores me. When I was in preparation for today, I almost, I, I, I almost skipped over this passage because we know it so well that often I think our minds kind of just glaze over it. And, and I pray for just a moment that our, our minds will be open as I read this passage to you. I pray His words will come into your heart. Psalm 23, 1 through 6. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. Notice who's doing the work here. He refreshes my soul. This is what he does for the humble of heart. He guides me in the right paths for his name's sake, even though, yep, even though I walk through the darkest valley. He never promised you wouldn't go through valleys. He never promised you wouldn't get sick. He never promised you wouldn't have something going on in your life. But he said, when you get there, I'll be with you. When you get in the fire, I'll be with you. When the flood comes, I'll not let it overtake you. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they cover me. I love this part. You prepare a table of provision. That's what he said. You prepare provision for me in the presence of my enemy. Only he can do that. Enemy says, I'm taking you out. He says, nope, nope, don't think so. Watch what I do here. God says, watch what I do here. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil. I think we can all relate to this. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the presence of the Lord forever. Humility says, I am dependent. Too often we try to be the shepherd of our own life. When he wants to be the shepherd. Humility declares this, I'm his. Humility means there's been a change of ownership. Humility declares that I am his and I belong to him. Now, I have to give you a little disclaimer. This morning, I was, my point was to you, I was going to show you the key to my house. The problem is, I left the house and the key's at the house. <laughs> so this one's out of my office, so we're going to pretend for a minute, okay? <laughs> but let's pretend for a moment that this is the key to my house. The reason you don't have it is because it's my house. The reason I don't have the key to your house is because what? It's your house. It signifies, the key signifies ownership. Have you ever been locked out of your house? Have you ever done that one thing where it's either the house or the car and as soon as the, the lock clicks, you go, oh. No. If the car you look in, there's the key. You look in the window of the house and the key sitting on the counter. Something about a key. A key signifies ownership. Uh, uh, a key, a key determines who goes in and who goes out. A, a key determines what happens. A, a key determines the future. It's the key. Whoever has the key has access. When you and I humble ourselves before the Lord, actually what we're doing is we're transferring ownership. 
So often, here's where we keep the key. If I could get it a little deeper, I'd say it goes right here. We keep the key close. You see, have you ever thought about having somebody come in and do work for your house and you thought, man, I've got to be there because I don't know what they'll do in my house. <laughs> you ever wonder the, the repairman that comes to your house? You ever wonder if he's in the cabinet and he's eating your cupcakes and <laughs> all your snack foods and he's in the refrigerator getting him a pop out of the refrigerator? You, know, you ever wonder like I do? What's he, is he sitting on the couch? Has he got the TV on? What's he doing when he's in my house? You see, when you... When you give somebody the key, you are giving them the access to come in, really, and, and do whatever they want to do. James 4 and 10 says, humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will lift you up. Humility is a choice. Humility is an action on our part. To humble yourselves before the Lord is something you do. I mentioned this and referenced this thought in the beginning. Humility is not a personality trait. Have you ever met some people who are just loud? Have you ever met some people who are dominant? You come into a meeting and they're the ones that do all the talking. Y'all are acting so spiritual today. You ever get in a group and, and you think, man, if they would stop talking, I could say something. You know what I'm talking about? People that come in and they splatter. When they walk in, they splatter in the room. That is personality trait. It's what you're born with. Humility is not something you're born with. Humility is something you choose. You see, Israel throughout the Old Testament was constantly rising up against the will of God. God would bless them, they'd complain. God would give them, you, when you look at them in their wandering journey on the way to the promised land, man, I don't know about you all, but I read it and I go, good night, what is wrong with you people? <laughs> the truth is, it's the same thing's wrong with us. God gives, we say, I ain't got nothing. This old car's a piece of junk. This old house falling down around us. He would provide, Israel would rebel. He would show them kindness, they would show him contempt. Like a child. That will not submit. You know, in growing up, my father grew up. My father came from a different generation. My father did not believe in time out. <laughs> if you're a time outer, listen, there's no offense there. Don't take it. That I'm just making a point here. My father was not a one, two, three. My father was one. <laughs> Sounds like y'all's dad grew up in the same era my dad did. Yeah. My father, despite what's happening culturally, my father could make me obey. It was rougher on me than it was on him, but he could make me obey. I will tell you as a father, probably one of the most um, grievesome, don't know if that's a word, but it is now, been doing that last couple weeks, making up new ones, <laughs> day as a father, I remember the last day, I, I know this is not politically correct, but the last day, the last time I gave Tyler a whipping. It crushed me. It crushed me. You know, he goes on and pff, doesn't even remember it. I 
I still have the pictures in here. I didn't like making him obey. I didn't like. Remember that day, man. He was just. It was one of those days between he and his mama and I stepped in. Changed the atmosphere of the room. (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't like. I didn't want. I'd never relished in that. I never got any joy out of that. No, no completion. My father in growing up, my father could make me obey, but that was not what my father wanted. My father wanted me to choose to obey. You see, humility says, I will place myself under you. I will place my will under you your will. I will place my ways under your ways and my plans dear Lord in heaven. How many times folks do we have a will and a way and a plan and we know that's God's way to do it. Humility says I'll place my will under your will. Humility says I'll place my ways under your ways. Humility says I'll give my plans to your plans. You see, Jesus was the king of the universe, but yet he prayed, not my will. In case you're tempted to ever believe or the enemy is ever uh, tempted to get you to believe that Jesus really didn't mean it. Jesus was fully God and fully man. And his man side did not want to go to the cross. His man side did not, his human side did not want to go through the beating and the scourging. But his spirit man, he had to override Jesus. If we're going to walk in humility, we've got to override pride. We've got to say no. You know, James says resist the devil. Sometimes we've got to resist our own self. Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. He could have done anything he wanted, but yet he said, I only do what I hear my father telling me to do. He said, I only say what my father says. There's probably no greater example ever given to us Definitely no human around us. Jesus was the greatest example of humility. Imagine with me for a moment. The Bible says Jesus was there at creation. Jesus was there when the dust was pulled together and God the Father breathed into the dust and dust became a living being. John 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, Jesus. He's the creator of it all. Imagine for just a moment, if you will, Jesus at the time he's getting ready for his crucifixion, the very creation he had made now is mocking him, pulling out his beard. You ever had anybody mistreat you? And say to yourself, I'm better than this. They beat him. You're probably one of the most disgusting things is for somebody to spit in your face. The creation spit in the face of the creator. I don't think I've ever had anything come up in my life that I needed to defend myself over that was that big. Usually it's because you offend me or hurt my feelings. You know what I'm talking about? He was, Isaiah said, despised and rejected. A man of great sorrow. No greater example of humility. Is it any wonder that that same man, Jesus, would say in the Gospels, if somebody wants your coat, give them your tunic too. 
If they want you to go a mile, walk two. If they persecute you and say all manner of things false against you, bless them. Love your enemies. He had all power. I can't, I've tried to imagine what it must have been like. Do y'all, I know we're in church on Sunday. Do y'all ever have somebody just really get your goat? I mean, they really just tick you off. I mean, they just, and you think the spirit of slap is a spiritual gift. <laughs> and you're like, I'm getting ready to be used of God right now. <laughs> I'm Pentecostal. I believe in laying on hands. Get ready. <laughs> this thing rises up. Do you know what I'm talking about? They, they say something about, and this thing, do you ever experience that? It's like it rises up inside. It kind of starts down here, and it rises up inside of you. Can you imagine what it must have been like for Jesus, the very Son of God, for the creation to look at him and say, everything you do is by the power of the devil. They said, you're a blasphemer. Actually, everything he said was about himself and his father. Can you imagine what it must have been like for them to cover his eyes and then begin to punch and smack him? I'm sorry, Lord, for the days that I felt sorry for myself. Can you imagine what it must have been like for them to pull out his beard? Listen, he was not so spiritual that there wasn't an earthly side to him. Sometimes we just see him as a, everything was so wonderful. He never dealt with anything. The Bible says he was touched with infirmities that you and I are touched with. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. He was a man. He was tempted, the Bible says, in every way just as we are. But he chose, he chose, he chose, he chose, he chose. That's a, that's a big word for us. He chose. I would submit to you, it wasn't some miraculous thing when they beat him and they punched him and they whipped him and they pulled out his beard and they shoved a crown of thorns, the thorns he had created. They shoved the crown of thorns on his head. I believe he had to choose Humility over pride. Chose. Chose. He had to choose humility over pride when the thief on the other cross looked at him and said, If you are the Son of God. Again and again and again and again and again and again and again, we see Jesus choosing, 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 choosing. You know why he did that? There was more, Jesus, there was more purpose to his life than him. And I would submit to you, we need to choose humility because there's more purpose for your life than you. It's not all about how you look and all about how you feel and about what you want and what you don't want. God has a bigger purpose for you than you. Jesus, help us. I'm telling you, all the rest of this passage rides on this one, on this part, in humility. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves. Will you humble yourself? Because listen to me, one day, God, one day, God will humble every person because the Bible says one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess 
every atheist, every person that shook their face, at, their fist at God, every person that said God didn't exist, every person that said I don't need God, every person of all time, every knee, every knee, every knee, every knee, every knee, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord through the glory of God the Father. Way better that we choose humility than for him to choose humility for us. Listen, there's too many times I need God for God to be opposed to me. Mm, I wonder how many times we don't get prayers answered because we're more prideful than humble. I wonder how many times things don't happen because we're more concerned about our pride than we are our humility. Dear Jesus in heaven. There'll be times as I was in preparation this, this week for today, there was times, I'm telling you, there was times the presence of the Lord would come and there would just, those times, you know, when the Lord really just puts his finger on something in your life and I'm like, Lord, how can I preach that this weekend when I'm dealing with stuff today? I'm just being real with you. I'm just being honest with you. I'm not here because I've got it perfected. I'm here today because he's perfecting me as he is perfecting you. Humility. If my people... We have gotten so caught up in the church world, making a name for ourselves, making a name for our church, trying to be better than the church down the street, thinking that we have what everybody needs more than they have what everybody needs. Because you'll notice he's not saying to the pagans. He's not saying to the Gentiles. In our day, we would say not to the unbelievers. He's speaking to his people. The problem with pride was not in the world. It was with his own people. You know why? Pride comes so natural to us. It it, it is ingrained in us. I've often given you the illustration of children who will argue with each other over a toy and say, mine. That thing still resides in, in us. And Jesus says, give it away. Give it away. I tell you this, you'll never give away anything that Jesus gave you that he won't give you back if you need it. So if he gave it, he can give it again. The problem comes in when I think I gave it to Jerry. And I have to keep it. Mm, Jesus help me. Hold everything. Hold your life. Hold your possessions. Hold your. Whew, hold everything about you. Every material thing you have. Hold it lightly. It's nothing. The house. It's just drywall. And sticks. And tar on the roof. It's just, it's not, it's just a house. That's all it is. Uh, hold lightly the car. Hold lightly the money. Hold lightly, uh, Jesus, help me. Hold lightly appearance and what other people think about you. Doesn't matter. I remind you back in Genesis, when they sinned, they became aware of themselves. The problem is we're still dealing with the awareness of ourself. How much time do we get in the way? That's why he says, if my people, God knows it is a choice that we must make. The greatest way that we humble ourselves is when we come to the point, and it's a really a point of brokenness, and we say, Lord Jesus, I yield my life to you. There's no greater point of humility. I don't know about you, but if, it left, if it's left up to me, I'm making a mess of it every time. 
He's the only one that can put my life back together. He's the only one that can take bad and make it good. He's the only one to take brokenness and make it whole. He's the only one that can restore. Why well, can't do that? And when I yield my life and I say, Lord Jesus, I yield my life to you, we begin a process. Does that immediately mean I've become humble? No. Uh, unless you are somebody I've never encountered in my life, you will deal with pride and humility for the rest of your life. So many times in the scriptures, he says, choose. Choose the day who you will serve. Choose. Life and death are before you. Choose life. If my people, which are called by my name, will choose humility. Choose. I'm going to do something different this morning that um, I'll be honest with you, I wrestled a little bit with because I was afraid there'd be people who would go, man, that wasn't very spiritual. So if I'm not very spiritual, then so be it. <laughs> I would like for us to close our time together today with a declaration of prayer, but I don't want to just spring something on you. I want to actually, I've penned some words, and I want us to make that our prayer for today. And I think it's very spiritual if we pray it from our hearts. The prayer that I want us in a few moments to pray together is this, Lord, I give you the keys to every area of my life. I declare that I need you. I am dependent on you. I cannot do this on my own. I declare I will walk in your ways. I will choose to be obedient to your word. I choose to surrender my will for your will, my ways for your ways. I will humble myself before you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I don't think a prayer always has to be spontaneous to be a prayer. And I'm more concerned today about it being something that you can join in with me from your heart rather than just reciting something that somebody has said. This is what he wants to do in us. When, when I asked Mark to pray for revelation, that's really what we have to have because until it becomes revelation to you and it becomes revelation to me, we will not be changed. So it must become revelation. So this morning, um, here's, here's how I'd like to approach this. If it is your prayer... And if it's a desire of your heart that you would want to live a life humbly, to choose to live humbly before God, if that's you, would you please arise from where you're at, come and stand around the front. If you are not able to stand, would you please come and sit in the first couple of rows? If you say, it is my desire to live a humble life before God, would you come now? Jesus. Jesus. Jesus be at work right now. This is a spiritual moment. This is an inflection point. This is a paradigm shift. Just your moving is already. This is a, a, a point of choosing. Hmm. This is... You may say that that's just something light. I'm just stepping forward. No, no, you're, you're making a step forward. Move as far forward if you could uh, as you can. I'd like for as many to join around the front as can. All around the sides, please come in as close as you can uh, so that those that are still 
coming from the back can still come and join together. If you run out of room to get up to the front, go ahead and feel free to fill in the rows that are behind. Uh, I just like us as, as a group in togetherness. God acts when people express faith. Your stepping forward today is an act of faith. I tell you, I've met some nice people in my life and so have you. Even the nicest people deal with pride. I think the thing that we all have to understand, there's not one of us, I'm sorry to burst your bubble there's not one of us that doesn't deal with the insidious thing called pride it's a scary prayer to pray God root pride out of me because the only alternative to that is humility humility is not always first humility is not always first place in fact Jesus said the last will be first hmm. he said the servant among you <laughs> those are the kind of words he used choose choose humility He doesn't do this. He doesn't speak in these ways to make our lives miserable. Actually, he speaks in these ways to take our life out of misery. Listen, you'll never know hope and peace until you know humility. You'll never know blessing until you know humility. You'll never know joy until you know humility. You see... There's only one king in the kingdom. Everybody else is equal. If you're willing, I'd like to ask you to pray that prayer that I mentioned earlier. And what I'd like to do is I'd like to pray it. And I'm going to ask that you'll just follow me, recite it with me. But pray from your heart. Lord, I give you the keys to every area of my life. I declare that I need you. I declare I'm dependent on you. I cannot do this thing on my own. I choose that I will walk in your ways. I choose that I'll be obedient to your word. I choose I'll surrender my will for your will. My ways for your ways. I choose to humble myself. Before you, Before you, all the days of my life, all the days of my life. In, Jesus name. in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Father, today you've heard the prayer that has come from our hearts. Oh God, purify us of pride. Lord, I don't want there to ever be a moment. There's nothing on this earth. What somebody thinks about me, what I own. There's none of that. It's so important that I would want you to oppose me. I can't afford for you to oppose me. I can't live this life if you oppose me. I need your grace every day that I live. I need your mercy every day that I live. We need you. 
Would you purify us of pride? And as you purify us of pride, help us to make a choice to humbly walk before our God. Let us never forget it is our choice to walk humbly before you. So God, hear from heaven today the prayer and the cry and the heart of these incredible people. These people who have been called by your name. They are yours. They belong to you. You are in them today. Fulfill everything you've purposed for them. Accomplish everything that you purposed before they were even born. All the days of their life were written in your book before even one of them came to be. You know them by name. I pray. <laughs> I pray nothing would hold them back from walking in the plan and the purpose that you have. Nothing on this earth will keep them from the destiny you created them for. Help us. God, I need your help every day to resist the spirit of pride. Help us every day. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we give you permission today that when Pride begins to surface. Holy Spirit, we give you permission to point it out in us. Because, Lord, I don't trust my opinion, but I do trust yours. So, Lord, if there's anything in me that is offensive, any prideful, arrogant ways in me, cleanse me, wash me, and I ask you, Lord, I can't do it on my own, so I ask you to help me walk on the path of humility. I can't wait to see what you're going to do as you have full reign and pride no longer hinders you from working in me. <laughs> you have great things planned. We release ourselves into your hands to do as you wish because we belong to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Whew. James, um, the book of James, when talking about temptations, says this, Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You see, pride had its beginning with him. He said, I will ascend to the heights and be like the most high. That's right after, that was right before God kicked him out. You can humble yourself or God will humble you. And he hasn't stopped yet. He will tempt you with pride. He will. And when he does, resist. You may, have to, you may have to get in another room and say, I resist, I resist, I resist, I resist, I resist, I resist. Listen, if you don't, then you can't choose humility. Choosing says I resist because pride will come natural. So listen, we've prayed, and I believe he's done things in our hearts, but get yourself ready for war. <laughs> okay? Yep. Because it may happen before you get to the back doors of the sanctuary. <laughs> I'm just being honest. That's how it works, man, if it starts. You know, I mean, you may, you, your spouse may go, what are you mumbling about? And you may be, oh, I resist, I resist, I resist, I resist, I resist. <laughs> Resist the devil. Here's the good news. The Bible says when you resist him, 
he will flee from you. Remember the words, Second Peter, we read earlier, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life in Christ Jesus, everything.